Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello. Welcome to the Librocube. My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Let me start off by saying that there may be spoilers. This is not a 100% guaranteed chance of spoilers, but this warns of the possibility. And the possibility is what life is all about. See, I feel like you could say anything and then just add, and that's what life is all about. And usually someone out there listening will think, yeah, life is all about possibility for example idiots another thing i like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear the only payment i ask is a million dollar i couldn't even get that out the only payment i ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend perhaps you rate subscribe and comment in itunes which is a podcast listening app, because that is something that would help a podcast. And this is one. Lastly, I'm going to push a button that will start a timer that will count us down like this. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to review some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Bad Santa Coal Mine. Thank you for that. Movie the first, Resident Evil Damnation, the second to last movie in the Resident Evil franchise that I will be watching. Jesus. Has there been... Highlander, that was pretty long. I'm trying to think, has there been another series that has taken me so long? One a week for eight weeks, which means next week, uh, well, next week will be episode 400, so that'll be a special episode, but episode 401 will have the very, very last Resident Evil movie, which I'm uh, kind of excited about. It's the only one I hadn't seen. Uh, uh, Actually, this one I'm not 100% sure if I saw or not. No, uh, I I think I did. I think I did. It's friggin' weird. Uh, Did I mention this is one of the two animated movies? Mm, If I didn't, I did again. If I... Uh, did I did again, I mean? Oh boy, who cares about whether I mentioned it or not? Special Agent Leon S. Kennedy goes against his superior's orders and works to destroy a series of biological weapons being used in a war zone in Europe. Uh, so, this has more of a feel of the Resident Evil video games than the movies. 
uh, in that it ups the craziness, but in a sort of different way. Like the craziness of the movies, I think, is more of a, a crazy, cool action movie, whereas the craziness of the video games is just uh, what? <laughs> what is going on? It may have something to do with its Asian influences, I think, because if you've ever played uh, video games that are made in Japan, which I believe I'm looking at the directors and writers of this, they all seem to be uh, possibly Japanese names, uh, that may explain why you'll shake your head and go, what the f fuck is going on in this movie is that a bad thing no uh i wouldn't say that at all oh matthew mercer is the voice of leon that's funny uh he's come up on this podcast before from uh dungeon mastering because that is what he does now so interesting uh rating wise i'd go like a solid three to some cool four moments where something that resident evil video games and apparently the animated movies do well are the bad guys some cool real creepy looking bad guys which uh, i can appreciate so four for the bad guys three for the movie as a whole getting near the end of resident evil uh next speaking of singing uh nice segue that i didn't even plan uh moana had the niece and nephew over, which I thought would be a perfect opportunity to watch a Disney movie. I like uh, to watch movies that are uh, aimed at the kids with the kids. Because then I don't feel like an old man watching a kid movie. I feel like, oh yeah, watching it with the niece and nephew. Even though they asked to turn it off a couple of times and I said no. Because I enjoyed it, so... Uh, in ancient Polynesia, when a terrible curse occurred by the demigod Maui reaches an impetuous chieftain's daughter's islands. Jeez, <laughs> it's like Ruth's Chris Steakhouse there. Uh, she answers the ocean's call to seek out the demigod to set things right. Uh, I can't really remember the last Disney movie I saw, but uh, they're a reason I guess they're so popular because they're pretty uh, pretty good. Uh, yeah, rating wise, I go like a solid four. Uh, I, I had enjoyment. You've got uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson as one of the voices. Uh, the girl who played Moana, Moana, Moana. Why do I say it three times? Uh, I liked her a lot. Uh, I think something like this where you're it's a, uh, a children's movie with a strong female lead that is very much needed in this day and age. So uh, all in all, I recommend, I would say, for sure. Uh, next we have Bad Santa 2. Uh, this came out in Christmas uh, of this year, 2017, 2016, I guess, 2017 uh, in that. Uh, but it kind of slipped through the radar. Uh, like I never really heard anything about it. And it's... Bad in the sense that it's sort of a bad movie, lots of plot holes and stuff like that. But good in the sense that there's a lot of just dumb, ridiculous laughs. It's sort of the Paul Blart mall cop of bad Santa movies. Wow, that, that is a convoluted rating. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. The missus, she laughed like a maniac on more than one occasion. Uh, and for that right there, it gets an extra point. Any movie that I can sit with my wife and she laughs a lot at, I enjoy just that fact alone. Oh, that's kind of sweet. 
Uh, lots of dick jokes, <laughs> lots of farts and, uh, and balls on foreheads. Uh, <laughs> less sweet. Uh, the surprise of this movie is that uh, Kathy Bates is in it, plays uh, Billy Bob Thornton's um, uh, mother. Christina Hendricks as well. Oh, Jesus Christ, Christina Hendricks. <sighs> she should get an extra point right there just for having her in it. Uh, so, rating, what did I say? Like three or four or so maybe five funny moments. So, it's all over the place, this movie. And rating and story. Uh, next we have, uh, as you heard, we're already out of time. I still got two movies. I don't know what I'm doing. Manchester by the Sea. Yeah, this was depressing. This is a very... <laughs> uh, I just saw the first, uh, the, sorry, the second word of the IMDA description. A depressed uncle. Yeah. Let's just... A depressed uncle. That is the description of this movie. And uh, there's reasons for his depression that are valid. Uh, my only knock against this movie is, and, and I say this a lot, and I've mentioned how dark comedies are my favorite for the reason that uh, they're more realistic because you've got what life is, which is the very, very darkness, like Manchester by the Sea, and then you got the ridiculousness and the crazy, stupid, funny things that happen, like your bad Santa. Uh, whereas just straight drama 100% of the time sort of loses me, and this did a little bit, just in terms of realism, because life is never as all-encompassingly, depressingly, 100% of the time as this movie feels, at the very least. So uh, take a, a mark off for that. But still, very, very good. Good uh, Sunday flick as well, uh, sort of lays it in bed as long as you're... Uh, don't mind being incredibly depressed. Uh, so I'll go four out of five. Uh, last, but uh, not least, even, is Passengers. Uh, this is sort of a strange movie in that I heard not I heard nothing good about it. I even heard some bad things about it. Um, but the sort of subject matter is one of interest to me. So I thought, hey, what the hell? I normally don't listen to people. Uh, my ratings of things are insane because I love things, so why don't I check it out? And turns out, I very much enjoyed it. Uh, I'd probably go a solid 4 out of 5. Again, it's got the sort of strange, uh, I guess you could call it a plot hole of... Uh, uh, well, let me read the IMDA and maybe that'll it'll spell it out. Uh, a spacecraft traveling to a distant colony planet and transporting thousands of people has a malfunction in its sleep chambers. As a result, two passengers are awakened 90 years early. Uh, okay, so what that doesn't tell you is that uh, passenger one, let's call him Chris Pratt, uh, wakes up um, and then spends a year, I feel like maybe he should have spent a little longer to sort of emphasize his craziness of being alone for a year, uh, and then decides he's going to wake up another passenger, which basically means that he has killed her. <laughs> uh, not in the sense that she's going to die, but in the sense that she now has to spend the rest of her life on this ship, uh, just the two of them in a sort of seemingly somewhat lonely and, and crazy existence like picture an existence where it's just you and one other person and there's no other human beings for the rest of your life uh, a kind of a crazy thought 
and I like things like that, like thoughts like that, like how would you react, what would happen. So for that reason, uh, I actually like this movie. Huh, what do you, what do you know? Uh, it was likable by me. Today's television talk sponsor is the 2017 Vancouver Island Field Mouse Barbecue Competition. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, have a... I don't know if I've ever done something like this before. I have the television show Alone Season 1. What? Uh, yeah, uh, so the missus and I watched uh, Alone... It turns out it was Season 3. A um, couple weeks back, I guess. Uh, months even a while back let's just say uh and uh, enjoyed it so much i searched out uh season one and two have been i will admit unable to find season two anywhere uh so if you listening to this know where i can get my hands on season two of this really good show that i very much enjoy uh please let me know and i will give you a plug of your choice when uh, I review it on this very podcast that is listened to by ones. You thought I was going to say hundreds? You thought I might have said dozens? But no, I say ones. Sometimes lots of ones. Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so uh, if you're unfamiliar with this show... Uh, what it is, is, that's the double is, uh, a, a group of people, was it 10 in this case? Uh, I think it might have been more in season three, but the missus and I caught it like not like a little ways in, um, are sort of the, taken to the wilds. Uh, in this case, uh, uh, the wilds of, uh, of it's called Quastano. It's in British Columbia. It's on Vancouver Island, northern Vancouver Island. Basically, just a forest. Um, and then they're told uh, they're they're given a, a certain number of things that they can take with them, uh, which I'm always curious about. I wish they went more into what each person chose. Uh, I like that sort of thing. Uh, and then uh, whoever is able to stay out in the wilderness longest wins uh, $500,000. Uh, it's a fair amount of money. Uh, <laughs> let me just see. Yeah, yeah, $500,000. So uh, in season three, I think it got up to 60, 90 days. It was a long time. Like, it was into the months. Uh, this one, a little less long, and uh, seemingly I don't blame them. Uh, this area of Canada, if you're if you're familiar with British Columbia, something that it's sort of famous for is that uh, it rains a lot out to there. Uh, I'm in Ontario, and uh, quite often there's the joke or the sort of rivalry between uh, Ontario and British Columbia, or maybe mer- more specifically between Toronto. And uh, Vancouver about how uh, they never have snow and it's always nice, but then they also have rain a shit ton of the time. So there's that sort of trade-off. I, I would probably prefer their climate. I don't. I don't mind the rain, and it's not even that I mind the snow. It's just I don't like the snow on the roads when driving because it fucks shit up. Anyways, bit of a digression there. Uh, so uh, what happens on this one? Uh, 
shockingly, well, yeah, I guess I would go shockingly, with um, probably within the first three days, like three of the people were gone. So it was like, boom, boom, boom. One of the guys, uh, I felt bad for him. In some regards, he didn't last the uh, he didn't last a day. Like, uh, yeah, one day. Uh, now he was beset. <laughs> yeah, let's say that he was beset by bears, and it's not like he thought bears were there. Um, but no, he literally saw bears, and he was I, I guess in their territory, and they were like they were seemingly like coming right up to him. Uh, as he was trying to sleep, and I got to admit, if that happened to me, I, I don't think it would have lasted very long either. Uh, there was another guy, uh, sort of similar thing, and gone within a few days, I think. Uh, it was wolves. Uh, I've had quite a few nightmares involving wolves chase me through forests, so uh, that's another thing that I think I would have trouble with. Uh, the winter lasted uh, 56 days, so pretty impressive. And just kind of cool to see how they went about surviving that long in the bush. Uh, loved it. Five out of five. Conan the Librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is the NAABW, which is the National Association for the Advancement of Black Wizards. Okay, today's sponsor is Black Wizards by Douglas Niles. Well, that's a coincidence. This is, if you're following along, book number... Oh, shit. Is... Oh, man, I wrote number one, but it's book two. Okay, so I'll have to remember to fix that. Uh, book number two in the Moonshade Trilogy, and is it as good as the first one? Which I can't remember what I gave or not. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's on par. Uh, it has something that I enjoy, which is that sort of classic... Mm, somewhat classic. I don't know why I'm calling it classic. Uh, the the battle between magic and sort of druids. Like uh, druids get their magic more from uh, the Earth Mother, as it's called in in this in the Forgotten Realms, and then magic has different sources. So like who's stronger? That that sort of idea. Uh, which which powers are better? Uh, I I lean towards druid. If you're actually going to play D and D, from what I've read, uh, a druid character is one of the most powerful characters you can have uh, until you get maybe at super super higher levels, and then it can switch out for. Maybe Wizard is more powerful. Uh, so, uh, oh, you know what I remember that I spoke of last time? And it's still happening. Is that uh, after reading this, I'm sort of seeing the numbers behind the book. Uh, the D&D the &D numbers. So it's as if, since playing Dungeons and Dragons, uh, when I'm reading a fantasy novel that takes place in a D&D &D realm, uh, I can sort of see uh, where the numbers behind uh, people throwing fireballs are, and 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 when uh, the main one of the main characters changes into a bird, and then is uh, basically killed as a bird and thrown into her. Uh, 
uh, her normal shape, like how that would work if you were actually playing in-game, that, that sort of idea. Okay, so, um, releases by sec novel, which doesn't really give much of a description. Uh, normally I would read the synopsis, but uh, I'm finding that's this. Uh, in Goodreads, apparently, does not have a synopsis, which may make it difficult. Uh, okay, so what happens in this? Uh, you've got uh, the Kendrick boy. Uh, he's sort of a ragamuffin. Uh, his father wants him to be um, a prince of their little uh, realm, and then uh, assassins come, as they do. Uh, and end up killing the king. Uh, so what do you do? Do you step into your father's place and make sure that your realm is protected? Or do you immediately leave <laughs> and then try to find uh, uh, why someone sent assassins against your father? Uh, he chooses the latter. Um, I guess he leaves his realm in good hands and heads towards the main sort of kingdom of his little area, the Moonshaze, which is a collection of islands. Uh, it turns out the, the king who sort of lords over this whole area has been uh, not possessed, but a group of wizards is sort of uh, controlling him puppet-like behind the scenes. And uh, I gotta say, quite often when there's a group of wizards... Uh, it's going to be no good for anyone. There's there's not often a, a coven, uh, if you will, of good wizards. Uh, usually they're, at least in this, like if you look at Elminster, for example, uh, good wizards are sort of loners, whereas quite often the evil ones uh, work in groups and circles, which uh, seems kind of strange. Usually should be the, upper, uh, the other way around, isn't it? Good working together for the good. Whereas your your evil folk, uh, lone wolves, can't get along with others, that sort of idea. But eh. uh, rating-wise, uh, I'll, I'll go four out of five. Uh, still liking it. Uh, I finished the third one as well, so that'll be next week. Today's game, Gabbit sponsor, is BFG Ballistics Incorporated. Thank you. You're the best. Oh, take that out of their sponsors. Okay, uh, I think if you listened to last episode, was that the one where I spoke of my new PC specs? It was either the last one or the one before. Uh, those new specs meant that I could play this game that I bought <laughs> on Steam. Uh, it, it took a few years, but uh, eventually my old uh, PC reached a point where I bought a game, uh, I tried to play it, and then my old computer said, no, 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 this is not going to work. Well, it didn't so much say that as uh, I started playing Doom, the 2016 video game, Doom, uh, and uh, I could get into the menu, and then once you got into the actual game, uh, I think I was probably about half a frame per second somewhere in the neighborhood of that it, it just didn't work uh but now that i've upgraded running doom on ultra and i gotta say it looks pretty good <laughs> uh like it's quick 
yeah, that I could say of it. Like, it, it's a it's a pretty good looking game. Like, it didn't knock my socks off in terms of the, the detail on the screen at any given moment. Like, there's cool, gory things. Uh, sometimes you'll walk through a dark corridor, and the, between the lighting and the, the sort of dripping blood and such, very, very cool to behold. But uh, I've seen probably better. Um, what I will say, and probably why my thing was chugging, uh, originally was that this is game is fucking quick. Like you are running around, shooting, jumping off things, eventually double jumping off things, uh, switching out weapons, uh, shooting things until they're staggering a bit and then running up and ripping their heads off, ripping their arms off and beating them to death with them, which was a, a joke. I think my grandfather used to say, <laughs> he used to say, come over here. I'll rip off your arms and beat you. <laughs> Uh, funny stuff. <laughs> Anyways, back to Doom. Uh, so, uh, probably like many, I have played Doom games in the past, specifically Doom. This is something I don't like. Uh, if, if you're making a game, even if it's a reboot of an old game, call it something different, please. Like, how do I talk about the original Doom? I guess, do I have to now say the original Doom in Doom 2016? Ah. <sighs> Or just number it. We had Doom 3, call this Doom 4. Why not? Why are you going to make it difficult? Tomb Raider, didn't they just do that as well? So take a mark off for that. Uh, no, I don't really care enough to take a mark off. Uh, speaking of marks, rating of... I'll go with solid 4 out of 5. Uh, yeah, yeah, solid 4 out of 5. Um cool things are abundant but uh, there is some of that sort of linear um go here do this 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 and you're just following that uh from the moment you start to the end now the things you're doing in between are freaking awesome but uh, maybe to get a 5 out of 5, I need something else. Uh, some of the very, very cool moments were uh, when you find yourself in, uh, I guess we'll just call it hell for the first time. Uh, I don't often, in fact, almost never take a screenshot of my screen. But uh, for that, I did. The, my, my sort of first moment in hell where you look into the fiery depths and in the distance is a castle with a giant fucking skull with horns on the top that you're you'll often think to yourself, how the fuck am I going to survive this? And because it's a video game, you do. And uh, your character is a goddamn badass. Uh, one of the non-speaking, uh, hard-running, jumping, fighting, badassery, here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and he's all out of bubblegum, probably never even seen a stick of gum, dudes. Uh, Doom... Dudes, four out of five, some cool five out of five moments as well. Today's internet intercourse is Elon Musk for president of Earth. 
Okay, uh, item the first is Star Talk, which I uh, felt like I hadn't brought back in a long time. And when you have host Neil deGrasse Tyson have on guests not only Bill Nye, but also an interview with Elon Musk, how could I not bring it back? How could I not? It is physically impossible. Uh, yeah, so uh, if you're unfamiliar with Star Trek and Neil deGrasse Tyson, it's a super, super, in fact, in this episode, three of probably the smartest people on the planet talking of things. Uh, with Elon Musk, you got a lot of cool how he got where he is today and what he plans to do and what's right with the world and probably more importantly, what's wrong with the world. I honestly think... Uh, 100% would love if somehow this would happen, but it never would. If you force Elon Musk to be president of Earth and decide what we as a human species should do in order to not kill ourselves, which is going to happen sooner rather than later. All right, <laughs> that's just a sort of period, full stop. Uh, I'm not even going to say any more about that other than go listen for yourself and uh, maybe get back to me with what you think on the subject of not uh, having humans destroy themselves. Hmm. Uh, next we have uh, uh, You Made It Weird with guest Sarah Silverman. Oh, for I think it was her second appearance, I do believe. Uh, love Pete Holmes. Love Sarah Silverman. Uh, this is uh, sort of a, a good podcasty way, uh, sort of a podcasty goodness, I think I like to call it, uh, to sort of emphasize why podcasts are a good thing. Uh, just two funny people sitting down shooting the shit, uh, letting the converse, conversation flow where it may, which I love. Um, one of the things that it flowed into was talk of Harris Whittles, who I've always spoken very highly on this podcast and uh, will have very, uh, uh, let's just say, nice things to say in uh, episode 400 coming up. In fact, I'll give you a little teaser and say that uh, episode 400 will be uh, in part, definitely, obviously, after you listen to it, you will know, uh, dedicated to Harris Whittles. Uh, so after hearing... Um, in a sort of sad regard, uh, because of his passing, obviously, uh, hear Sarah and Pete speak of him. I went down a sort of YouTube rabbit hole of, uh, two things. First is, uh, Don't Stop or We'll Die, which is a band that had, uh, Harris Whittles, Paul Rust, and a third name that I, of course, didn't write down because of the name curse. Folks, I feel like I haven't mentioned the name curse in a bit, and this gives me the perfect doc opportunity to do so which is of course that while receiving a blowjob i ran over a gypsy man and then his wife cursed me with the inability to remember names or even write them down the name curse uh yeah so uh man uh, they have one song lisa that i could not get out of my head uh on the one hand, I recommend you listen to Don't Stop or We'll Die, the song Lisa. They've got lots of good songs. Um, I plan on purchasing some of them. Definitely Lisa. Uh, on the other hand, I don't recommend Lisa because when I say I couldn't get it out of my head, I meant like literally I had trouble sleeping because it was running over and over in my brain. 
So thank you, I guess. Uh, that sort of musical interlude rabbit hole also sent me towards Vance Gilbert, which I feel like maybe did I mention him from Parcastathon the other day? Uh, yeah, so uh, he is a uh, musical singer, songwriter, artist, let's say, and uh, he was on Parcastathon, and his music did something to me deep down in my soul. Um, and I then had to search out his other stuff. Uh, I did so on YouTube, and then also similar to Don't Stop or Will Die, uh, it's something that now I have to own copies of this music for myself. Uh, just incredible. There's something about him. It, 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 somehow, someway, he elicits some uber emotional response in me, uh, unlike anything that I can remember before. So thank you again Vance Gilbert uh, okay so we're out of time but uh, let's jam in these last two <clears throat> oh yeah this one's kind of uh, exciting uh, United Kasim episode 1 Kasim uh, G back when I started this podcast was a regular YouTuber uh, and every year since definitely I started this and he's done it longer I do believe uh, he would go to San Diego Comic Con uh, record a hilarious video and I would bring it back here so that you would go listen to it um, and uh, I think he still does that uh, but besides that he's been virtually non-existent on his YouTube channel for the most part so uh, seemingly this is his sort of first foray into returning to YouTube, which is very exciting. Uh, I hope it works out for him. I hope you uh, listening to this will go over and uh, experience his channel. He's just a super, super funny dude. Uh, like that's sort of what the purpose of internet intercourse is, is, <laughs> double is, uh, is for me just to uh, find things on the internet that have given me great joy, bring them back here, uh, in the hopes and even possibilities that you'll go experience them and never come back here again because this is a piece of shit compared to what they're doing. Things like Norm MacDonald Live with guest Stephen Merchant. Norm MacDonald Live was one of my favorite podcasts, just period, because he's one of the funniest people on the planet, just period. Um, but then he didn't do one for a super, super long time. And in fact, I thought he just stopped doing it. And he kind of has a little bit. Uh, what happened was, uh, I think I saw someone mention an episode I hadn't heard, which surprised me. And then I uh, sort of resubscribed to the podcast, and there was two episodes I hadn't listened to that sort of just came up out of nowhere. Uh, he hasn't done one in like almost a year, so I, I don't think he's back necessarily. But uh, what I'm going to do is just keep my subscription live. Why not? What's the big deal, right? Uh, and then if one uh, comes up again, uh, I'll, 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 I'll let you know how about my, my promise to you that I may or may not keep. Uh, so he, the, the two were, one with Steven Merchant and one with uh, Bill Hader. They were both great. Um, listen to them both because nor <laughs> you know what uh, the one with Stephen Merchant was fucked up though it was almost like Norm was uh, punking him 
would be how you could describe it. But Stephen Merchant kept his cool. His, uh, you know what? His sort of British reserve cool uh, made me love him even more. Made me love Norm. Uh, I don't know if it made me love him more, but made me just sort of shake my head at his awesome comedicness. Hmm, yeah. Speaking of comedicness, I guess, folks, it is. It is nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper